Hey, y'all. Yes, you listening. Come and chill and hang out with Mikkel and Candice and all the beautiful people just like you on the front porch where we have intimate intergenerational conversations. So sit back, relax, grab a cool drink, and we'll see you on the front porch. Welcome to the Front Porch Podcast, where we have intimate intergenerational conversations to connect, build, and learn from each other. I am Mikkel, a millennial, an older millennial, (laughs) and my lovely co-host is Candice, a Generation Xer. And on this very first episode, we're heading to the front porch to talk about Generation Who. Candice, who's joining us on the porch today? So on the front porch today, we are so excited to have Catherine, Tamia, and Jada, um, as you know, all from different generations. Uh, and ladies, thank you so much. We are absolutely delighted to have you as our first guest. Awesome. Welcome, Tamia. Thank you. Jada. Yes. So my name is Jada Simpson. I am a sophomore at the University of Central Arkansas, and I actually am Miss UCA. Um, And I'm an elementary education major from Mama, Arkansas, and I'm a part of Generation Z because I was born June 19th, 2003. Fantastic. Welcome, Jada. Thank you. Catherine? Here I am, Catherine Miller. I am a uh, clinical instructor at the University of Central Arkansas. I am a part of the wonderful millennials um, as I was born December the 7th on an anniversary of Pearl Harbor, 1988. 80s, baby. Welcome to the front porch. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us, Catherine. Um, I am Candace Maxwell. Really quickly, I'm a part of Generation X, right in the middle of that generation. I don't know. Maybe I'm at the beginning. Um, 1975. I'm okay with telling my age. I'm very proud to be 47 years old. Thank you very much. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay. The front porch, ladies. Mikkel, did you tell us your generation? I did in the beginning. Okay. I said I'm a millennial, an millennial. older millennial. And since people drop the historical connection to their birthday, my birthday is April 4th, 1982. That is the same day that Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. Mm. That's right. right. I have no historical significance to my birthday other than it being the best absolute birthday in June. Oh, come on. Oh, then June 19th, that. I'll give Jada her. Okay, June 19th. There we go. <laughs> So welcome to the front porch, ladies. Let's get started with this first question. Um, so if you could sit on the front porch with anyone, who would it be? What would be your, and what would be your beverage and snack of choice? So who would it be that you'd want to sit on the front porch with? What's your beverage and your snack? And this is a rapid fire question. So whatever, whoever first came to your mind, whatever beverage or snack came to your mind, say that one. So for me, um, I would like to sit on the front porch with FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Um, He, his whole presidency just fascinated me how a lot of the things that he put into place are still into place now. Um, What we would be eating 
we'll be having baked pork chops, a baked potato, and a green salad. And for dessert, of course, we would have some pound cake just because that's what he wants. I know he does. Um, and for a drink, we would have to have water because we're watching what we need to watch these days. So. Okay, with the two courses, what FDR. I mean, really? <laughs> that, that's so he was in a wheelchair, so we don't want to do too much. He won't be able to, you know, walk it off. So we're just going to have light, light, you know, a little light snack. I love it. That is a full dinner. I love it. Yeah, is that a snack? Okay. Well, that is a snack. It was. You heard her say it was only two courses. <laughs> I love a snack. The third course would have made it a meal, Jada. The third course. <laughs> okay, okay. We didn't even have a roll, Jada. We didn't have a dinner roll. <laughs> For what about me, you, Jada? Yeah. I would have to say Michelle Obama yeah. because I just think she's just such a boss. Like, just everything about her. I don't know. I just want to like have a conversation with her. Um, and so I think that'd be really fun. And then for a snack, I would have to say like a bowl of pretzels, mm. maybe like some little candies. My favorite candy is Three Musketeers. So some like little chocolate candies. And then I would have two options for drinks. We could do lemonade okay. or we could do water. Okay. Okay. I'm loving these healthy choices. All this water. I like it. <laughs> If I could sit on the front porch with anyone, I would want to sit with Rosa Parks and we will have apple juice as our drink and <laughs> we will be eating French toast with a whole bunch of fruit. Nice, nice, nice. That's a good. breakfast brunch fascinating. <laughs> what about you, Candace? Front porch, um, James Baldwin, absolutely. Oh. Um, and I'm going to have to, I'm, you know what, we're going to have some red wine. Um, mm. That's what we're having. Um, and <laughs> and yeah. the pro, I'm going to go with um, pistachios. Mm. Some wine and pistachios. Okay. It's giving me very bougie front porch. <laughs> it definitely has a screen on her front porch. That's definitely a screen. screen. It's definitely screened yeah. in. I mean, it's James Baldwin, you know, he's, he's the man. <laughs> I would be on the front porch with Nasir Jones, otherwise known as Nas the Rapper, yeah. because I have had a crush on Nasir since I was Tamia's age. <laughs> so we will be on the front porch with hummus and pita bread for our snack from Busboys and Poets, it's, which is a restaurant in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, and okay. sparkling water to just fancy it up a little bit. Show <laughs> Listen, I think that's doable. Mm -hmm. I think you can call him up. Because Nas is here. Okay. <laughs> I think go for it. Go for it. I think that's just the Shoot my shot. Nas, come on the front porch. Sweetie. Yeah, I, bring, I will pour the sparkling water just to be there. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Other that. <laughs> so well, digging in. That. <laughs> thank you. So digging in a little bit deeper into our topic for this first episode, Generation Who. What do you all think is the biggest misconception and myth or truth about your generation and why? Can I start? Of course. Okay. I want to go with the biggest truth that I think is true about my generation. I think it is so true that Gen Z is overly dependent on technology and 
we're all like we're always on a computer or a phone. It's always technical. It's not much of outdoors or nature or actually living in the moment. We always have to have some sort of device or two. So I think that's very true that we're always in technology. Mm, why do you think that is? I think I feel like a lot of the way that Gen Z has been growing up, a way that is get handled for kids crying or anything like you just kind of we get handed a iPad or our parents phone like starting at three. So that's what we grow up on. And it stopped being like the outside thing. <laughs> My grandma told me she used to have sticks and stone go outside and detain yourself. before the street lights come on so Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's very different I think that's so funny because like we're in the same generation we're both Gen Z but I had a different experience growing up because I am a little bit older in Gen Z and I did have that experience of going outside playing with friends like I didn't grow up with the tablets and the phones and things that wasn't until I got into middle school like late elementary, early middle school until I got a phone and kind of got into the electronic phase. So I think that's really interesting, like that we both are in the same generation, but have that different points of view um, and perspective on that. So that's, that's cool. But I do agree. I think that nowadays people are definitely into the tablets, into the phones, all technology. For me, I think the biggest misconception is that we don't want to work or are lazy and have low work ethics. Now, I'm not saying that that can't be true for some people, but I do think that we're just finding ways to kind of get out of the corporate America world. And I think sometimes people can view that as not wanting to work or being lazy because there are a lot of social media influencers or YouTubers and things like that. And it's a different job, but it's still a job and it's still, you know, ways of providing for yourself and things like that. And it still does take a lot of hard work and, and dedication. And so I think it's important to realize that that is still something that is considered a job. It's just maybe different than what older generations are used to. And so I don't think that we should be labeled as lazy or don't want to work. I think it's just that we have found a different way to do it. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, because I, I can think, I, I can hear um, folks who might be in the boomer generation, mm. you know, they have some different ideas and thoughts about all oh, this technology and, oh, you don't want to work and not really understanding the work ethic that goes behind being an actual influencer. That's a lot of work to build that kind of platform. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, I don't know that they always see it as in, in the same way, but I would say that same thing about older folks in generation X don't necessarily see that as well. And that could even be said about some millennials, the same thing Jada mentioned about not wanting to work or leaving jobs early and quitting and not staying in the same, in a career or industry for for long. So interesting that carryover. Catherine, what about you? What do you think is the biggest misconception or truth about millennials? I think the biggest misconception is that we're a bunch of entitled whiners. Um, I think that, you know, if something goes on, they're like, well, hey, like suffer through it or stay with it or, you know, things like that. Like they think we should just 
take whatever's put on our plate. And it's like, no, I have options because mm -hmm. if I don't want to eat that, I don't have to eat that. I can find another way. Um, and so, you know, I've been working since I was 14 years old. And so, you know, I've watched my mom struggle. I've watched, you know, different relatives in my family struggle. I want better for my kids. So instead mm -hmm. of you know, saying like, hey, you need to struggle like I struggled because, you know, I was a baby boomer and we just had to figure out a way to make it work. Um, you know, that you need to do the same. It's like, well, if I get it off the mud, then my son needs to get it off the table and then he needs to set it for his kids where they get it off the clouds. You see what I'm saying? So it's like you, they think that, oh, you're uncomfortable and so you're whining about it when it's no, I'm uncomfortable because that's a boundary I set there and we're not going to cross that boundary because I learned, you know, and so whenever I do have conversations, you know, because my mom's from the baby boomer era. So when I do have conversations with the baby boomer era, you know, I'll say, they'll say, you know, well, we have to do this week. You know, we have to do that. I said, well, um, they didn't have tractors before you came along or they didn't have this or they had, you know, so you're, tick, you know, you're whining about having to use a tractor, but the people before you didn't have a tractor. So, mm. you know, so I'm just at the point to where it's, you know, everybody's not whining. We're uncomfortable. We're going to do something about it. We're going to improve things. We don't have to stay at a job for 20 years because that's the, you know, people were lucky to get a job then. Now mm -hmm. we have options. And so instead of, you know, saying like, hey, stop whining about the place you are, um, give people, you know, help people with the courage to leave uncomfortable situations that don't stimulate growth. It's mm -hmm. different you being in an uncomfortable situation It's okay, well, this is helping me grow versus I'm uncomfortable and you're beating me down. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're not we're not a bunch of whiners. I've been working since I was 14 years old. So I've seen some things, I've experienced some things. And if I'm uncomfortable, I'm just gonna have to get on out and go figure out something else to do. Become <laughs> an influencer, you know, finish setting up my studio. I might be here selling clothes, but I'm gonna figure it out. Mikhail, mm -hmm. you're part of, of the millennial generation. What, what mm -hmm. do you think about millennials? So, that's why it, I, I started with, I'm an older millennial. i am be real. When I found out I was a millennial based on my birth year, I was like, I'm a millennial. Because a lot of the, a lot of, I ain't gonna lie, a lot of the rhetoric and narrative around millennials that I hear, right? Whether it's in the media or even just in conversations, it's, it's negative. It's the not having the work ethic, uh, being lazy, wanting things handed to them, not grounding in situations, grounding in work, grounding in relationships. So part of me was like, well, I don't want to be associated with that. And since I'm the older millennial on another cusp, <laughs> that's, for those, that's for those younger, younger <laughs> millennials. But what I can say is a lot of the, the people in my closest circles, they are millennials. And a lot of the, the tropes about millennials, I don't see necessarily playing out in my circle or with, within me. So I think it's important, even though we're, we all represent a generation, we do not speak for the entire generation. And some of those myths are perpetuated by others in our generation. And some of those truths are perpetuated in, in our generation. We're not monolithic. 
like none of us can speak for an entirety of black folks, but we can speak from our own experiences. Right. Right. And I'm still an older millennial. <laughs> she wanna separate it. <laughs> I mean, there's you know, there's actually a lot of truth in that. I even think about being a member of Generation X and you know, those who are a little bit closer to boomers and those who are like right in the middle, and then those who are a little bit closer to millennials, millennials, it's it's different. It's real different. You know, how how important was college? How important was it to um, the whole seat at the table and we've arrived and um, this this sense of this real sense of black excellence like that that was very real and then it was but all of us are not there and then having all of these societal changes that happened particularly in the late 80s into the 90s you know mid 90s that shifted and changed a lot of communities of color in particular black folks for sure and so then it became, you know, has and have nots, you know, okay, are you, you know, are you a part of the, are you going to Hillman, which is not a real university for folks who don't understand Hillman is not a real university. There are people who believe that, okay, but I'm saying, you know, or, or, or are you, you know, are you um, a generation X that's more like, um, minister society <laughs> so it's like it's real different in in the gen x generation and i think a lot of a lot of the negativity uh and those negative experiences and then was projected into the world is uh, really those negative images from the gen x as opposed to some of the more i don't know affirming mm-hmm. you know kind of imagery who we are, who we're becoming. It's almost, it, it almost feels like that's, oh, those, those folks are, it's just a few people or it's caricatures of who they are. And it, it's not like a real, like you guys aren't real. And I'll tell you guys this really, this real quick story in, I don't know, maybe my sophomore year in college, we had an English professor who deliberately, intentionally, we didn't know it at the time because we were young and didn't understand. But she intentionally um, facilitated a very heated conversation because she came into the classroom and she said, now, I'm just going to say this. I know it's a whole lot of issues around this, but I got to say it just for the purposes of this conversation. The Roseanne Barr is far more real. The Roseanne Barr shore, it show is a far more um, realistic version of who we are in America as opposed to the Cosby show. We took absolute total offense with that because we were in a historically black college and university. How dare you say that we can be black lawyers and doctors? You know, that wasn't so. Um, but I think that just, you know, speaks to who we were in that moment, in that time. And then also recognizing that there were lots of different, I don't know, narratives that came out of Generation X that are still perpetuated today. Mm-hmm. But ain't that the way of the world, though, to like put everybody in different categories and then create different narratives. So there's divisive. Even me saying wanting to claim I'm an older millennial, like I don't want to be associated. I I mean, I'm perpetuating the divisiveness (laughs) and the myths around millennials. I'm trying to trying to separate myself. So thank you all. I work through my own areas of growing. (laughs) We're here to support you. Thank you. But I do think there is something to be said for, because I do question. Sometimes I see people in my generation doing things and I'm like, what, what y'all doing? Mm-hmm. Y'all embarrassing us, stop. 
I'm just gonna be honest about it. Okay, so since we're kind of talking about you know some of these um, narratives and and having conversations, I'm wondering if you guys might be able to share a time with us where um, you had a conversation with someone who was older than you, um, an elder, someone who was younger, and or from a younger generation, and how that conversation helped you see something different in yourself or help you help you to understand like your place in the world differently. You can go ahead, Jada. I think okay. we breathe at the same time. We did. <laughs> um, I'm yielding to the queen. <laughs> so mine, I'm gonna still count it because it's my mom, but it's an older generation. Mm-hmm. So um it was really just the things that she instilled in me as a kid. Um, like one of the things that I, re- if I don't remember anything else from her raising me, I'm going to remember three words. And that is you are enough. Mm. And she instilled that in me literally from the time that I can remember even talking. And so it was just so simple yet. It was so impactful And it really did shape the way that I saw myself in my community, in the world in general, just being able to have that mindset that wherever I go, as long as I'm putting in my 110% effort, I'm going to be enough in that situation. And if I don't feel valued and if I don't feel as though that that is being accepted, Mm -hmm. then I need to remove myself from that situation and go somewhere Mm -hmm. Where I can benefit and like Miss Miller was saying earlier where I can grow because I don't need to be anywhere where I am being held back or anything like that and so I think that that's something that's so important I always remember that I have a little poster in my dorm room that says I am enough on it and so it was just really important and I want to make sure that I instill that into not only my kids but my future students in my classroom any, you know, mentees that I have along the way. I have a couple of mentees now that I am mentoring through life and things like that. And so just making sure that I'm instilling that into them and making sure that they understand the importance of it in the way that I have growing up. Um, So just, you know, trying to keep that generational, you know, love and confidence going, especially in our, you know, youth of color we want to make sure that we are always uplifting them and supporting them and making sure that they know that they are capable and they are loved, they're seen, they're heard. And so that's something that's really important that I just hold close to my heart. That's a whole sermon. I love it. Yeah. I'm taking up offering for Jada. That's why she's (laughs) the one on here with the crown right now. (laughs) Jada, what's your, what's your mom's name? Her name is Beauty Simpson. Shout out to Beauty what? Simpson. Yes. That was a whole, Job well done. That was a whole vibe in itself. Job well yes. done. <laughs> and, and I can say that it spills over because even in Jada interacting with my son um, during Educators Rising meetings or whatever, she just she interacts with him with such patience and love and, and kindness of where he understands in that moment that, hey, I'm a, I am enough. So, you know, I, I would t- I let her know it's working. And if, if she wants another one to help <clears throat> raise and take to Disneyland. You know. It's it's so powerful because Jada has received it and she believes it. 
right? It's not like your mom has told you this and you're, and I'm sure there's been times when you did struggle to believe it, right? But it's, it, it's, it oozes in everything that you say that is taking root in you. And that is, that is beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I, I will say for me, mom was my fifth grade teacher. Well, not fifth, she's sixth grade, actually sixth grade math teacher, Miss Karen Greer. So um, to shed some light on the story, backstory, I had just graduated from ALE in elementary school. So that's the alternative learning environment. So I graduated from alternative learning environment in elementary school. And there was no transition from that environment to me being back, as I would say, the general population. Um, so um, whenever I make it back to regular school, as we'll say, um, the behaviors that I had learned in my ALE environment, not the positive ones, because Coach Lansdale, he did a great job. He said a lot that stuck with me. But, I mean, I'm going to school with people that are in, you know, um, some people were coming from the juvenile detention center for school. Um, I mean, it's just it was just a plethora of different people from different backgrounds. And so, you know, we talk, we're communicating. I've never been around these people in my life. And so you pick up some of their behaviors. And so, you know, sixth grade, I started off, I'm in trouble all the time, not doing my work. Um, I was just living my best wrong life. And so Miss um, Greer, she had communicated with my mom and they were on the same team. And so, you know, whenever parents and teachers work together, something is gonna happen. And so she, um, she asked me one day, she says, who, who do you think you are? Mm. Well, I'm Catherine Miller. If you didn't know, it's on the roster. And she says, no, who do you think you are? She said, because your behavior says one thing, but when you speak to people, how you treat people, your personality says something completely different. And she says, you know, which one, which one are you? I said, well, they said this. And she says, who is that? I said, well, the superintendent told my mom when I was in fifth grade that, I wasn't going to make it past the eighth grade, wasn't going to graduate high school and college wasn't an option. So yeah. they, that's what, that's what he said. And she said, and I told her, you know, things other teachers had said, and she said, well, are you going to believe what they say about you? Or are you going to take control of your own life so that you can believe what you do and want to say about you? And I'm just like, ma'am, I'm in the sixth grade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know how to do any of that what you're saying and she said if you make a commitment she said when you she said you go home she said you talk to yourself and you ask yourself how do I want to be who do I want to be she said and you commit to that every day when you wake up you make one step toward who you're trying to be for that mm -hmm. day and then the mm -hmm. next day you make another step she said before you know it you will be well on your way to whoever it is that you want to be she said and I'm not telling you that you're going to be able to change overnight I'm telling you to take steps because as times change, you may change the person that you want to be. She said, but as the core, you need to take, stay true to who you are and yourself. And then I had to eat lunch with her for the, <laughs> for the remainder of the semester to make up my work. <laughs> but, you know, she just, that conversation changed my life because yeah. I realized that at that point, I'm walking through a world of what everybody else is saying. Mm -hmm. You should do. It should be whether it's positive or negative. 
she gave me the opportunity to say, hey, you can choose what you want to do and say. Like, you can choose that. You don't have to stick to what they're saying. And so that's one thing that has stuck with me. And so that gives me the opportunity to allow people to be who they're trying to be that day for themselves, to give them the grace to grow and be that. And so I tell my students at the beginning of each semester, my job is not for you to teach like me or to become me. My job is to help you become the best version of yourself, whoever that is, whatever that looks like, you know, because if I teach you to be like me, then I'll be out of a job because you're a younger model. And so, you know, <laughs> but it, it allows me the capacity to be myself and mm-hmm. to let other people be themselves as well without judgment, you know, and I, anytime I have to pull a student in the office, I will ask them, how is this decision propelling you toward what you told me at the beginning of the semester? How is this pro- pro- propelling you toward your goal? If it's not, then we need to make a better choice, you know, and I tr- treat my son the same way. I don't say, no, stop, you're wrong. I say, we need to make a better choice. And so that way in his head, he's learning to think things through about, you know, who he wants to be and, you know, things like that. So like I said, it, it changed my life and, you know, my behavior my behavior started to mirror the person that I was becoming. It didn't happen overnight. It's quiet. Wow. <laughs> it's where I am, you know. So shout out to Miss Karen Greer. Yeah, shout out to Miss Greer. Shout out to the teachers. Right. Shaping and, and changing lives. Come here, what do you think? Um <laughs> mine is kind of similar to what Miss Miller just said. I was having a sit-down conversation with the grandmother of one of my old friends, and she asked me a question, and I just remembered that I didn't know how to respond. She asked me, how do you see yourself? So when she asked me that, I was was confused, because at the time, I felt smaller than how I see myself now. So I wasn't able to tell someone else how I see myself. Cause I didn't know, I didn't know how to see myself, myself in my own mirror. So I was like trying to say basic things like, um, I'm funny. I know how to dress. And she said, she looked me in my eyes and she said, how do you see yourself for the second time? And then I took a very long pause and she said, to me, you're beautiful. Not just your face, your soul, you're beautiful. Mm. And it was a lot more to that conversation. But what I just really took away was I, I have to learn how I see myself and how I project myself to others. So I'm not getting confused with how others see me. Because mm. if someone else sees me as I'm doing too much or I won't make it or I'm dreaming too crazy, then their opinions can easily affect mine because I don't have a solid foundation of how I see myself. Mm. So that that was a very impactful conversation I had with I think Omar. (laughs) Shout out to shout out to grandma. You said you at the time when you were asked a question, you you saw yourself as small then, mm-hmm. and you don't see yourself like that anymore. So, what has what has helped you to 
to magnify yourself to yourself? Um, I will say a couple of things. One, conversations with my godmom. Shout out to her. <laughs> Me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and just trying to see myself the way that God sees me mm-hmm. and learning more about him teaches me about myself so definitely trying to walk as he sees me and affirmations in the morning or just like just being confident in who I am like okay if I know that I'm funny and I make other people laugh that's something that no one can take away from me or I know that I'm smart or I'm compassionate that's something no one can take away from me unless I give them the power to so just trying to walk into who I am come on here I love it <laughs> all of these sermons okay no <laughs> walk in, walk in who I am. that's a worship song right there mm-hmm. <laughs> next to that man that's yeah I love it it's so funny um as I was listening to you all you all um identified or you 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 um yeah you identify women who are making these these great impacts in your life or being, you know, really influential in how you see yourself, where you're going. And they're asking those existential questions of who who are you? Who are you? Like who are you and who are you becoming? That's that's pretty awesome that that you all have shared some version of that story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And every person was from an older generation too. Yes. Yep. Do, you, do you think it's possible to see yourself in a different way from someone who's younger than you? I think everything depends on people's experiences. Um, there are a lot of people that I communicate with that are older than me. And they're like, you know, you have so much wisdom and, and wisdom only comes through experience. Wisdom is not, oh, I have this because somebody told me it's because I lived this. So I think when you see younger people that are living out their lives in a certain way, you're like, okay, oh my goodness, I can get on board with that. I mean, for example, you know, the first time I meet Jada, um, she's coming (laughs) into my class and I'm thinking, well, look at this you know, natural hair, dark skin beauty, you know, coming into the room, you know, I'm thinking, you know, and just how she carried herself, I'm thinking, okay, you know, even though she was in warm-ups at the time, I'm like, you know, I'm wearing warm-ups too, but am I, am I carrying myself like I am enough? You know, is that what I'm doing here? And so, but what I did realize was, and I told Jada this, I think the first time we met, I said, you remind me so much of my niece because that's how my niece walks in the room is you know with authority on and, and just she is who she is respectfully and disrespectfully if needed you know <laughs> and so um if needed. you know and so, and so you know and just in interacting with Jada it's okay you know look how she's you know I'm gonna I'm gonna walk that's how I'm gonna walk around you know and so even when she came to my office she says hey can you she was Miss Essence at the time so another crown she says can you help me put this on my head? I said, well, what makes you think I would know how to do it? <laughs> I would know how to do anything like that. She says, I don't know. It just, 
it seems like this is something you would know. I said, well, come on in here because I was the first runner up however many years ago with Miss Essence, you know, whatever. You know, anyway, so it's like, although I was thinking to myself, well, I'm not carrying myself a certain way. A younger person is like, no, but you are, you know? And so it's like, you know, you if you take the time to really interact with people and hear from their experience, um, I think that you can see yourself or that you can have life altering, um, you know, thoughts or decisions, but you have to get down off your horse of this is where I am and this mm -hmm. is where you are. You have mm -hmm. to at some point meet them here and just say, you know, based on your experience and based on my experience, here's what we can trade and offer each other. I mean, you can learn from a baby if you pay attention enough. They know who to go to to get what they want. They know how to say, but you know, Mm -hmm. To get that, right. you just have to be willing to listen to who they are. But a lot of people are caught up in their truth and not really understanding there's the truth. This is what actually happened versus the perspective of your truth, how you saw it happen. And so whenever you know we're communicating with people, instead of saying, let's lay down the law, this is the truth. Well, this is my truth, the perspective mm -hmm. of how it happened for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, instead of passing it off, saying, well, because it's the truth, you have to swallow it and take it. It's just, no, but that's yours. That's your truth, but it's not going to be true. It's not going to be true for me, or I don't have to wear that coat. You know, that's your jacket, and I'm going to mm -hmm. put the one with my name on it, or the one that says I am enough, but I'm not going to wear, I'm not going to wear your jacket. Yeah. Samia and Jada, what 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 is it like? giving feedback or speaking your truth to older generations or people older than you or um, speaking life into folks older than you? What's the receptivity been like? What is what is that like for y'all? <clears throat> you want to go first? You, you can go. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of the times, I honestly find it scary to tell someone older than me, like, this is how you hurt my feelings or this is how I think it could have been played differently. Cause a lot of older people like Ms. Miller just said, they're not very receptive. They're easy to say, well, I'm your authority. That's I'm telling you what you got to do. I'm telling you what you have to say. It's not an even level of this is how I feel. This is how you made me feel. My intent was this, but it came off like that. It's not an even ground of understanding so I find it very scary to tell older people how they've hurt me because I'm afraid of how they'll react. But as Mikhail tries to tell me very often that that's not my stuff to wear and my responsibility isn't how others respond is what I say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm learning how to take off that jacket. <laughs> mm -hmm. It don't fit me. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Y'all gonna stop with all of these lyrics and these sermon titles? the <laughs> jacket don't fit me. Listen here. For me, um, I think, and this could also be because I've been in situations where I've had to talk to a lot of people. You know, most of the time, them being older, it's it doesn't really bother me. And honestly, I'm glad to do it because I think it's important for us to always have those conversations between the two generations and just being able to understand and learn from each other. Because referring back to what Miss Miller was saying, you have to get out of your own bubble 
and realize that there are other people who can teach you things and who you can learn things from. And so I think that it's really been a fun experience being able to kind of talk to these different people and share with them my perspective on things, listening, having those respectful yet engaging conversations with one another and allowing us to, you know, see each other's sides of points of view and things. And that's what makes us such a wonderful like community is that we're not all the same. We have those different perspectives and those different points of views. And that's important. As long as we're remaining respectful to one another, we can engage in those conversations. And I think that um, that's something that's important for us to do. And so to me, I think that once you get older, I hope that you can be in those situations as well. And that your perspective can change too because you are important and you have a voice that needs to be heard and I wholeheartedly believe that you'll get there thank mm -hmm. you yes ladies just to, to wrap up th this question in particular a call to action to anyone listening or, or watching is to to remember that anyone that you come in contact with, regardless of their generation, can teach you something and show you something about yourself. Anyone that you're engaging with is a full length mirror to who you are because we have our own self-concept of who we are, but yet the people that we're interacting with, they're feeling us in real time. So whether it's Tamia checking me on something or speaking to my insecurity as a 40 year old woman, being able to receive that is a blessing and it's a seed that can continue to grow and, and be harvested. So having the conversations across generations, being open to feedback, being open to being corrected is all for our good and all for our growth, regardless of your age and regardless of your generation. Absolutely. I received that myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, from a generational perspective, um, this is, you know, maybe a little bit lighter. Oh, well, you know what? That's okay. I'm, I'll just, I'll just push forward on that one. Okay, Mikhail. <laughs> um, can you all think of any experience or time when you may have been embarrassed by your generation or you wanted to disown your whole generation? <laughs> parts of your generation <laughs> or times when you were really proud, proud of your generation, something that happened um, that your generation was a part of. I, <laughs> I can go ahead and start um, with being proud of my generation. I really do think that, like we kind of mentioned earlier, Gen Z gets a lot of flack for things, but I'm proud because I really think that we are very intelligent. We are resilient. We're innovative. We're always coming up with new things, new ways to do things, new ideas. And I think that that's really important. Um, I think there's always going to be a little bit of pushback from older generations when newer generations come along because you see things that are different and it's like well I didn't do that as a kid why are you doing that so I think sometimes that's where it stems from rather than wow this is new this is innovative I didn't get to experience this but I'm glad that you do and so I don't know I just I'm proud um 
I definitely think, especially with the different movements that we've been a part of and have kind of spearheaded with, you know, protests and Mm -hmm. things like that, that are so important as a society. um, I think that we've been a very integral part of that. And so I'm proud of it. I don't know. (laughs) That's just me. Yes, please to me. I'm sorry. No, my bad. <laughs> um, I Gen Z advocates a lot. So moving mm-hmm. on to what Jada mm-hmm. just said about the protest and a lot of movements that we've been into, I think Gen Z has this way of knowing what they want and trying their hardest to get it without accepting no for an answer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, most of the times, it's not correctly delivered or said or done but it's always with the best intentions. It's always like we we see that this needs to be changed, but the way we go about it sometimes are like violent or not effectively communicative. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm, pr- I'm proud of Gen Z for knowing that they have a voice and trying to learn how to use it. Mm-hmm. Now, we have some boomers on here. They'd be like, well, you know where you learned that from now. Shout out to the boomers. We're going to have y'all on here. <laughs> we didn't have all the resources that y'all have now to advocate. Okay, mama. <laughs> right. uh, listen, I would say even I... say there's some Gen, Gen Xers that would say that same thing. Like, well, you know, y'all, y'all learned, you know, Gen Z learned about... Um, the reason why Gen Z is very much into their their being natural and all these other things, well, that came from Gen X because we had all of these, you know, <laughs> resurgence of wanting to find ourselves and, and be very into all of the, you know, our, our heritage and Africana and all of this other stuff, which is, it's all true, but right. we got that from somebody too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing wrong with that. It's, well, it's no, nothing it's, wrong with passing it down yeah, and other generations flipping it and remixing it and making yep. it work for the signs of the times. Exactly. We have to do a better job of honoring that. Go ahead, Catherine. I was going to say, that's the thing for me. Um, I will say the thing that has embarrassed me the most is this woke sleepwalking phase. Ooh, um, about it. Daydreaming. Um, you know, when people... They find it on the internet, so automatically it's golden. Or, oh, I got this out of this book. Or, you know, like not really knowing how to research and understand like what actual factual real information is versus what people aren't talking about this. So this must Mm -hmm. be that. Um, Prime example with COVID, I have so many people. I'm not getting the vaccine because of this, 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 and this, this is my, this, these are my millennials, the younger ones, okay? <laughs> because I, I didn't have the discussion with the older ones, but the younger ones, you know, oh, you know, it's a conspiracy, conspiracy, this, you know, like they're not going to experiment on me. So me being a scientist, I say, well, when you go to the store and you buy soap, that's a science experiment because on the back, they tell you if you have any problems, here's a number to call so you can return the bottle because it might be a bad batch, you know, or it might not work for your skin today, might not work for your teeth today. Like you'll go and sniff all these different bottles of, of body wash and use all these different 
flavors or scents of deodorant and you think nothing of it. You think nothing of what's on this cucumber. Like you think nothing of this, you know, and it's, oh, well, you know, they're not going to poison me. Okay. But you're drinking this alcohol, you know, no straight, no chaser. And you feel like that the COVID vaccine is going to be worse than that. Cause I've seen you with a hangover and I, when people get the vaccine, they just want to go lay down, but I've seen you in a slump, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's just like, you know, they were so woke and they had the most to say, but then when you challenge, oh, well, they brainwashed you. No, mm -hmm. because I'm a real researcher. I know how to really research and figure out like, hey, how does this work and apply to me? You know, versus, well, this is, you know, for everybody. So I was really embarrassed with a lot of, you know, the just the stuff that they put out there because it's like, wow, it really looks like we're uneducated and that's not mm -hmm. the case. Well, it looks like you didn't pay attention to sixth grade science class and I was sitting beside you. So, you know, now it looks like maybe I don't know. You know what I mean? I mean, our our physics teacher was on Jeopardy for a whole week. Like you should have left there with something, to, you know. Anyway, um, and a time, you know, when I'm really proud, I'm always proud whenever you know, they're there and they're saying like, hey, I'm not going to, um, I'm in a place that's unhappy. I'm in a place that's not serving me. And so I'm going to get up and leave. I'm always happy to see that. I always tell people, you know, try to find another job if you can before you go, um, before you go, because the bill is not really, the bills are not really caring about your personal <laughs> your transition, transitional yeah, area. you know so I'm, I'm always proud about that you know overall I'm glad to be wherever it is that I am I think I'm in a great place of having people being closer close enough to an older generation to where those people do want to teach you something and being close enough to the younger generation where I'm able to say like hey I've lived this I've learned this let me help make it better for you I don't feel like we all need to struggle um, there's this whole sense of the millennials are the lost generation. And I'm like, no, we're like Kevin on Home Alone. We're right where you left us. So <laughs> just, you know, like, let's just stop that. Okay, y'all left us here. And, and then you want to get upset about what we did while you were gone. No, you should have took us with you. Whenever, wherever you were going, you... Next on up, we should have... You take, take, take. Let me just say this. There's take this, me with you. Yeah, there's there's truth in that because that's one of the things with Generation X. You know, I, I got to be honest. Um, we were real happy to aspire and grow and navigate and negotiate and and come up with all these terms like the the I don't know the buffies and all this stuff. We were all happy about all of those great things and the achievements that we made and we were, you know rising to all of these wonderful positions, not recognizing that our Black excellence was really about us trying to be power adjacent to whiteness. And we didn't understand how we would really have been taught how to navigate and negotiate systems. And then once we got to what this, this place of arrival, some of us, many of us, we didn't understand, oh, um, we're not exactly where we thought we were. Now, we're not in in, in the place where maybe our parents were, but we are also not where we thought we were, and now we're confused. Mm -hmm. that was we the on the front porch. And we and we left some folks, we, we left folks behind, and we didn't necessarily say, come on with me. Now, I think what's happening is some folks in Generation X are saying, oh, we need to go back and try to fix this. 
but we're trying to undo a whole lot of stuff now, which maybe we can, maybe we can't, instead of saying, okay, let's, let's, where are we right now? And then let's figure out how to move forward together. But we, we were just of that age where it was like, you know, this resurgence and, and then also finding these new um, avenues and all these new doors were open for us that had never been open for our parents. And so our parents were pushing us through, y'all get, hurry up and get in there. You know, I mean, it happened. And so we, we, we didn't, we didn't really understand what was happening at that, at that particular time. So, but I'm proud of some of those places and how we were able to kind of get in places and open up doors and put one or two people in places Mm -hmm. where we had never been before. Um, But sometimes I'm like, oh, if we just had, if we just did a little bit more, maybe we could have been a little bit further. Mm. It makes me wonder how, how much of some of these generational tendencies are specific to race and socioeconomic status more so than just the universality of the time period of, of, of which you were, yeah. were born. Yeah. I, I think it's a lot of, I know for a lot of millennials, I see, cause my son, my son's birthday is next week. And so everybody's like, oh, he's going to have a party. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Right. And they're talking about these budgets, you know, whatever, so on and so forth. And I said, why are we throwing a, a lavish birthday party for a two-year-old? Well, don't you want your kid to have everything you never had? Yeah. Like financial stability, a future plan. <laughs> and on. so if I'm spending thousands of dollars on a two-year-old birthday party, he can't remember it. So it's for me. I'm taking all these pictures so people can say, well, she's such a good parent because she threw him a party. I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get 10 cupcakes. I'm going to take them to the school. They're going to sing happy birthday. The venue is paid for. The workers are already paid for. This is $9.98 at Sam's. He's going to have a great time. I don't have to clean any of it up. And when he comes home, we're going to celebrate and live live our best life. He might even get to eat another cupcake at dinner time. But if I'm putting thousands of dollars on a birthday party now, that can be a in a fund for him, whatever he wants to do mm-hmm. in the future. Well, I am giving him something different. So in their mindset, it's I want to give, I want to give my kids what it looks like instead mm-hmm. of what it actually is. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we, we've got to get out of passing along this generational look. You got to really dig deep into say, like, hey, this is not okay. That is not okay. We need to change, we need to change this up. You know what I mean? Like we need to really learn about what what is not working for us and how we can improve it. But we got to start it with our children. We, mm-hmm. we can't, you know, continue to do this. I'm going to give you these shoes or whatever, so on and so forth, or my kid don't wear hand-me-downs or I'm at the, we're going to be at the thrift store and whoever else, if it means that you're going to get to decide what you want to do when you get older. You know what I mean? I went to college to get out the hood. I didn't have an option. I, there was no other option. You either get out through college or, you're going to stay here and you're going to sell drugs or what I mean. I grew up in the hood, the hood. Like if you hear Rock Island and people like Eldorado, Arkansas, you hear Rock Island, they're like, ooh, that. You know what I mean? Like that, that's on one side of my house and a street over is the Thunder Zone. Both of them, people are like, ooh, you know, what are we doing? You know? And my mm-hmm. sister, I think it's maybe three of us, only three of us that actually made it out. Everybody else, we have some that are deceased. May they rest in peace. And 
you know, the rest are just, they're down there, you know, trying to deal with things the best they can. But I'm like, I don't want my son to have to choose because the lesser of, of two evils per se. Mm-hmm. Like I want to have the option of, I want to do this because I want to do this. You know, like mm-hmm. this is what I'm feeling. I have the background and, and, and the things to do it, but we've got to stop passing along this, these generational curses of what it looks like. I don't care what it looks like. What is it really? You know what I mean? Yes. Like what's really there? What do we need to take away and, and pass along from this? Yeah. The long-term impact. First of all, where did it even come from and, and how is it serving? Is it perpetuating yep. cycles or, or, or breaking cycles? But that's a, that's a great segue in terms of generational patterns, race, social economics, status. Tamia and Jada would love to hear your voices. What are, what are some topics that you believe we should be conversing about intergenerationally and why? Um, I think a big one for me would have to be just inclusion in general, um, which I think a lot of times we think about inclusion and diversity with races, and that's absolutely important. But I do think that we need to start talking more about those in the LGBTQ community, those in who are disabled, just anything that is outside of the norm that you would typically think of, I think needs to be included in the diversity conversation. And I think a lot of times older generations don't like to hear that. They don't want to hear anything about that. And it's important that we get those conversations and those topics out there because they are people, they deserve just the same amount of rights that you believe that you deserve, you know, not being a part of that community. And so I really just think that's important. And that's something that I want to hopefully in any chance that I can advocate for those people and, you know, things like that, just being that supporting friend, that ally to them. And so that's something that I think we should be talking more about with the intergenerations. Where do you think that resistance comes from specific to the LGBTQ plus community part one and then part two what's the recommendation you have for like mitigating some of that resistance I think it comes from just the way that people are raised um the older generation specifically because I mean it it's just a ripple effect right and so when years ago it was just seen as this horrible thing and they were raised to think that way well you're gonna raise your kids the same way and so it just trickles down from generation to generation and so now here we are with older generations feeling that way and we are the generation who decided that it's enough is enough and it's time to give these people their rights that they deserve just because they may be different than you doesn't make them any less deserving of the same privileges that you have. And so I think the way to mitigate that is just having these conversations, trying to get people to understand that no one is trying to hurt you. No one is trying to do anything that has anything to do with your life. It's someone else's life. It's someone else's decision 
And, you know, they have that opportunity to make that decision that they choose to make for themselves. And so you literally just have to sit back and not care. And I think it's important to realize that that's so easy. And once we have those conversations, I think we can start to really see some true progress. We've seen progress, we've seen change, but we have more that we can do. And I think that it's important to, you know, have us do that, that progress. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My only push would be not to sit back and, and not care, right? Mm -hmm. Because it, it, it's to, to not spew evil and to not yeah. spew hate and to walk in love, even if you disagree, yeah. even if you can't accept it, but to, to see people as, as human, regardless of their mm -hmm. identity, regardless of who they choose to love and how they choose to be identified. Mm -hmm. Samia, what say you? What topic should we be discussing intergenerationally? I think that I kind of rear off a little bit because I think we first need to talk to each other about how we see each other and how we can understand each other. Mm -hmm. Like intergenerational because it's easy to say inflation is a problem or climate change and how can we work together to do that. But communication without comprehension or being willing to understand someone else or listen to someone else younger than you or older than you. So I think we first need to just get past and get off of our high horse of no one can tell me anything to I'm here to listen and sit and understand. So I think that's first what we need to do, like generational wise. Why? Mm. Okay. So you're saying put the topic on hold. Let's learn how to just communicate. Yeah with what uh, intergenerationally hmm. yeah because we can talk about many topics but we won't be able to get to a conclusion or understanding without being able to respect one another and see one another as human like you said so we just gotta sit with each other first yeah. is what I think. how do you what recommendations do you have for that like how how can how can we move towards the basics 101 of listening, talking, being curious and interested in one another across generations? Um, kind of going back to what I said about getting off a high horse. I think it first starts with, you have to look at your, you have to look at yourself and understand that I'm not better than anyone. Just because mm -hmm. we made different mistakes doesn't mean that I didn't make any mistakes. So I think we first need to be able to see each other as human and then like this a conversation where gen z can talk to millennials and gen x so mm -hmm. i think mm -hmm. this right here is a start right right older millennials older millennials <laughs> <laughs> there's a younger one yeah <laughs> older millennials gen x boomers like y'all listen to us mm -hmm. and then they're saying but y'all listen to us mm -hmm. so let's all listen to each other right let's listen to each other yes Mm -hmm. Well, let's stop talking. Let's listen. Like, mm. yeah. Let's yeah. take let's take turns in you being an older generation. Discuss with me from your perspective of what you experienced, and then let me tell you, you know, what I experienced. Because I think a lot of times, I, I think it's interesting with my parents. Um, they got divorced when I was in, I think like first grade, I was really young. And my dad has one perspective of how things happen. And my mom has another perspective. And then the three kids in the house have each of them 
have a completely different perspective. And, you know, like when we went to council when we were younger, they're like, well, you know, Catherine, you don't really seem to be bothered. Well, you know, when my dad went to prison, I was like crawling. So like, I don't really even know this guy. So hmm. by the time he gets out, it's not really like a loss for me because, you know, all the cooking and stuff that he was doing supposedly and all of that, I couldn't eat any of that. So, you know, like, like maybe the experiences that you have, although we're all in the same experience, we're looking at it from how our personality is experiencing it. So it doesn't mean that what you're saying is false. You're telling me this from your experience. I need to respect that. Like, oh, okay, that's how you experienced it. This is how I experienced it from where, you know, from where I was, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And so mm -hmm. I, I definitely agree with having those conversations of, of taking the time and taking turns to let me really listen to understand instead of, you know, like double dutch, let me jump in, like, let me like, hurry up. So mm -hmm. I can like, that's really mm -hmm. good. I like mm -hmm. that. Listen to understand, not listening to argue. Mm -hmm. so, I agree. Okay. Yes, I'm telling you, yes, that's part so three, good. Part three of the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because let me get the off. Let me find my right. My classes to me and Jada. <laughs> so we are we we are just about at time, and and I think the last thing that we want to, to do is to give you all an opportunity to just share some words of wisdom with, with anyone who um, is, is in our audience, who's listening. Um, what, what words of wisdom do you want to share or um, what, what kind of a appreciation or gratitude do you want to um, extend to either the generation before or after you? Can I start? Of course. Okay. I kind of want to do a little bit of both. Starting with the older generation, thank y'all for making the mistakes and teaching us how not to. So thank you for making the mistakes so that we won't we don't have to. And to the younger generation, I'm saying this as a Gen Xer, but <laughs> I'm talking to my nephew and he's six. It's okay to feel. And it's okay, it's okay to have feelings and to be human and to be open and vulnerable because I feel like a huge misconception. I see a lot in Gen Z, but it could be across generations. I wouldn't know. But is that we think it's a bad thing to feel. Mm. We think it's a bad thing to open up. So I just want to, I, I would tell him and anyone else, like, share your truth, share your feelings. It's okay. Okay. I I agree with that for sure. For <laughs> sure. Um I think for me just some advice would be to kind of just rise above the negativity. I think a lot of times especially in today's society where social media is so prevalent that we there's just a lot of negativity. So I think it's important to kind of put yourself in those positive situations, make sure that you are trying to block out the negativity as much as you can. But even when you can't, to just rise above it and you know go beyond and do great things because you're so capable of doing that and you seriously can do anything. Just don't let anyone tell you any different. Don't let them tell you 
what you can't do, who you have to be, you know, what you have to do. And so I think that's just something that I want to tell people, you know, if you get knocked down, get back up again. It's not about how it's not about you getting knocked down. It's about you getting back up. No matter how many times that happens to you, continue to be resilient, have that perseverance, that determination, and you will be able to achieve that goal that you have. It just may not be in the timing that you thought or the timing that you want, but the timing will happen and it will come when it's supposed to come. And so, you know, just the sky's the limit and, you know, keep going. So like Tamia said, thank you to the generations before me, just being those trailblazers and setting that path for, you know, young adults like me to come through and be able to walk on that path and stuff. And so I hope that we're setting the path for future generations and that it just continues to happen from there. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not going to keep speaking behind the two of these. Uh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. I should have pulled seniority rank here. <laughs> but you got off your high horse. <laughs> right. Right. That's uh -huh. true. Uh -huh. Um to the older generation, you know, I'll start off with thank you um for being who you were and how you needed to be to survive what you survived. I hope that one day the older generations have the courage to communicate to us the whole truth. I mm. stayed in this relationship to keep from being homeless and so my kids could eat, you know, or I stayed at that job because, you know, there were no other options or I had been trying for five years and I, you know, finally got a job. Like, tell us the whole truth of where you were, why you were there, like help us to understand the why so that younger generations can make better informed decisions about what we're doing. Um, to my generation, <clears throat> I want to say thank you for putting up with me. <laughs> you have me for a spokesperson. Um, and I definitely, you know, want to say, you know, to my generation that I know it's challenging being stuck in between trying to figure out the old way to do it and the new way to do it. You know, for mm -hmm. example, using a light switch or using an app on your phone to turn the light out. Like it's hard to really figure out which one of these is best for me, you know, at this time. So keep doing your research, keep working on you to be your best self. To the younger generation, I want you to know that you do not have to buy every lesson um, when I was younger, I thought, I don't really need you telling me what to do. I will figure it out when I get there. Save yourself some time. Save yourself some finances, some heartbreak. Save yourself some issues by looking at other people, asking them the, the questions, and taking the time to really accept that feedback on where you are so that you don't end up in some of these same situations and you know, just really think about, hey, what do I need to do that's going to make me a better person, the best person that I can be? Talk to somebody that's already where you're trying to go. Don't reinvent the wheel. They're already there. What can they do, you know, to, to help you get there? So, you know, um, yeah, that's what I, that's all I've got to all of those different generations out there. Thank you. What about you, Candice? What's your words of wisdom or appreciation? Ooh, 
Words of wisdom. Um, the, the thing that comes to mind is greater awaits. I know Michaela's probably heard me say this before. Greater awaits for us all. It's, it's just a matter of the opportunities and resources that we either create, um, that we push forward to find, that we ask someone how they, you know, got there, achieved it or whatever, but your greater, it awaits you. It absolutely awaits. Mm-hmm. I like that. Double tap on that. My appreciation is for my great grandmother, my grandmother, my mother, because I am living in the prayers that they have prayed over me. Mm -hmm. So thank you to to them um, for instilling in me that God is the difference maker. I believe that. And my um, words of wisdom, but more appreciation is really for I love y'all, Candace and Catherine, but for Tamia and, and Jada, um, the world is waiting for you to. There is nothing, I mean, absolutely nothing that you two cannot do. Yep. And I believe everything you put your heart, your hands, and your mind to will turn to gold. Believe that. Thank you. Where can people follow you all, get in contact with you all, support any causes or missions that you have for Tamia, Catherine, and Jada? So I can start. Um, my Instagram, my personal Instagram is simply with two Y's dot Jada, J-A-D-A. Um, but if you want to follow me on my Miss UCA journey, it is Miss underscore UCA. So M-I-S-S underscore UCA. And I'll be posting all the things of me going around to different appearances and me getting prepared to compete in Miss Arkansas. Um, and my social impact initiative is Be a Hero and Just Say No to Bullying. And it's all about ways to prevent bullying from happening um, in elementary and middle schools. And so if you need me to talk to a school or talk to teachers at a school, anything like that, um, where I can just share that impact, I want to get that out as much as possible because it is such a pressing issue, um, then yeah, I'll be happy to do that. So yes, Miss underscore UCA. Yes. (laughs) Follow her, work with her, support her. Tamia, what about you, love? Um, I really just have a personal page. I I don't have a um professional account, but you can follow me at official Tamia Robinson if you want to see a cute little girl who know how to dress like once a month, twice a month. <laughs> you can follow that. <laughs> and the hair flip. And the hair flip. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Tamia. What about you, Miss Miller? Okay, so I have a TikTok account, Cat Meals. On TikTok, um, I, I've just really started posting on it. My students are trying to get more of me out there. They feel I should be seen. So they're going to help me set up my studio and, you know, run that content page. You can find me on Instagram, Jets, Jets, that's plural, because I'm going to have multiple Jets. So Jets set to Paris. So that's my Instagram page and you know, I just post motivational stuff, funny stuff. I love country music. So you'll see me posting country music. Um, I just love music in general. I just love life. 
Um, if you're looking to see pictures of my son, I never post his face. I want to give him the opportunity to do that when he gets older to determine how he wants the world to see him. So if you see me post pictures of my son, it's almost always a side profile back shot because like I said, I, I'm really, um, I've listened to these young ladies here. I've listened to my older generation. And most importantly, I'm listening to my son for him mm. to pave the way of how he wants to live this world. So TikTok, Cat Meals, Jet Set to Paris on Instagram. My Facebook page is for personal family and friends only <laughs> because it's so many, it's so many of them from back home. Um, Otherwise known as you're not going to get her Facebook information. Right. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's the <laughs> same Catherine Miller, you know, you add, but if I don't know, you know, you, I'm, probably not going to accept the request but my posts are global so you'll still see it (laughs) thank you Catherine thank y'all so much for being on the front porch with us for this very first episode it was golden thank you so much for listening thank you so much for viewing and we will see you on the front porch soon Thank you for having us. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Front Porch Podcast. Resources and other goodness from this episode are in the description. Please share, subscribe, rate, and review, and we'll see you next week on the Front Porch.